here we go. Another show, another episode of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Excited to welcome Mikey Bud to the show. You know the drill. We'll get to the show, the conversation with Mikey really soon. Some quick housekeeping thoughts, notes that I just was thinking about before we listened to the conversation. First of all, in the New York Times, there was a really fantastic article I suggest you check out. It was called, or it is called, I Used to Fear Being a Nobody, Then I Left Social Media. And it's by Bianca Vivian Brooks. Fantastic story, opinion piece about this trend where people are paying attention more to their made-up, curated Instagram life, as opposed to paying attention and doing the work on their real life. And I really do think that's a real thing that's happening right now. This duality, people being drawn into the dopamine, and that is creating so much stress and anxiety in the world we live in today. So definitely, uh, definitely check out that article. And I talk about it a lot on the show. That's sort of been the focus where the show sort of was born from, where the show came from. This idea of Instagram and the tech takeover where people are spending the vast majority of their time staring, looking at their phones as opposed to having face-to-face conversations. I felt it was important to talk about. And one last sort of thought that I was thinking about, you know, a lot of people talk about who you should follow on Instagram or what's real on Instagram or what is yoga on Instagram. And I've sort of circled around this idea, but it's becoming more clear to me now. But the moment anything, any, the moment any yoga teacher goes on Instagram and posts something, it's no longer yoga. It's narcissism it's manipulation. It's somebody trying to get your attention. It's somebody taking you away from your life and making you pay more attention to their life. It's not yoga. And when I see a yoga teacher taking most of their clothes off on Instagram and then writing some sort of philosophical, potentially philosophical, influential quote or phrase on how you should potentially live your life, it's not yoga. Don't be tricked by that. Don't be fooled by that. It's not yoga. It's narcissism. It's somebody wanting to get your attention. It very well could be somebody who's very insecure, who is posting something to feel better about themselves. It has nothing to do with yoga. Yoga is Many things, but it's certainly nothing to do with Instagram. It's about, in my mind, about dissolving the ego, sitting still with your thoughts, be it good or bad, and trying to realize who you truly are. Whether it's through the physical asanas, whether it's through meditation, it's breathing deeply and connecting with yourself. All this other stuff that's going on on Instagram and the world around us nothing to do with yoga. And I bring this up because there's been a yoga theme going on for my show lately. I mean, of course, I'm friends with a lot of yoga teachers, and Mikey is the third yoga teacher I've had in a row on the show. So I think as yoga teachers, it's important to talk about tech, 
and how technology is impacting their life, how they juggle tech and how they decide what they should post, what they shouldn't post. It's a confusing platform. I think it's an important conversation to have. And the other last important point is I think people are getting tricked all the time into believing somebody is a particular way on Instagram. People are very specifically choosing what they post on Instagram when it comes to their life. Don't be tricked because I still believe the way that we really get to know somebody is by speaking to them face to face on the phone. It takes a long time to get to know somebody. You really don't truly know somebody based on what you see on Instagram. These are just thoughts that I have been feeling the last few days, specifically as I've been talking to a lot of yoga teachers lately. And I just, I just think it's important for us to break through the minutia, the wasted time spent on Instagram and tech, and connect more deeply face-to-face with real conversations. And I was thrilled to welcome Mikey on the show. I met Mikey maybe about a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago at Playlist. I was sort of exploring different yoga, t- uh, yoga classes and teachers around LA, really just to try to figure out my voice, try to figure out the type of yoga teacher I wanted to be. And I was really inspired by his energy, his positive attitude. He brings a lot of energy into his yoga classes. And he's also a hip hop artist who just released a couple singles the last few months. He's got some new music that's going to be releasing soon on Spotify, iTunes, and he's got a show coming up in Pasadena. So I wanted to sit down and talk to Mikey about how he came out to LA, how he uses technology, how he got into music, how he ended up being a yoga teacher here in the city where there's already freaking yoga teachers everywhere. So again, I just think it's important to sit down and talk to people and get to know them. And I was really thrilled that Mikey took the time to talk with me on the show. He's currently teaching at Playlist Yoga in West Hollywood. So check him out. Again, he's got a show coming up in Pasadena. You can find all of his music on Spotify and iTunes. And yeah, that's it. So again, for me, if you dig the show, please share it with friends. Head over to iTunes, write a review. You can also support my show directly by visiting my Patreon, which is www.patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. Head over there. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. That's it. Thanks so much for listening, for being a part of the show, supporting the show. I hope you enjoy the conversation that I had with Mikey Bud. As always, thank you so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. What's up, what's up? Welcome, welcome. So how was the show on Saturday? Definitely uh, an unexpected turnout. Okay. Um great otherwise number wise but people wise i was surprised by the amount of middle-aged white women we were able to get out like out on the dance floor and just vibing with the hip-hop yoga so yeah it was a really good time that's cool thank you yeah trip trip santa monica yeah yeah first time performing over there but a really really cool little dive bar yeah stage is maybe half the size of this room oh it's small so so small but it was a really good energy in there and i had my two backup singers with me 
uh, our first time all performing together at once. So it was a little off in, in my opinion, but just being with such a small stage, we didn't get as much choreography as we expected. We were <laughs> kind of like, uh, this is tighter than we... But over and all, we had an awesome time. That's cool. Thank you. Well, I want to play a song. Okay. First off. Okay. But I want to play Fat Sound. And this song came out recently? Yeah, I actually released it in February this past year. Okay, cool. Maybe maybe a few, yeah, a month ago. All right. So this track's called Fat Sound. And yeah, we'll talk after. Contradicting words coming out your oral cavity fits your fake reality. Okay. Not a personality that's famous online, cause I'm real when I deliver Amazon Prime. <laughs> Can't be reached by mama Ujjayi means shut the fuck up Lips seal closed as I get into my zone A stadium of thoughts and I'm trying to clear the dome I'm not an asshole, I just need some time alone funny I, I went through that phase where i was at your class for a few months and i could tell you were really into hip-hop but i had no idea that you were actually a hip-hop artist yeah <laughs> I, I you know it's funny because i i keep it low-key for the most part i'm starting to blossom out a little bit more with it and like telling people oh yeah yeah i got these shows coming up and you know just because my students are telling me oh we looked you up and found you on spotify so well what's that about where you're not wanting to tell people about it or because we live in this world now where everybody wants to tell everybody their shit all the time. Yeah. 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 And I think that's exactly it is that I just don't want to be one of those people. And it, it comes 
with letting down my ego a bit because I I don't want to be associated as another LA artist as oh look at me I mean the thing I love about LA is that you literally do have a whole bunch of renaissance men and women out here people who are just talented in all different degrees me teaching yoga is almost looked at as kind of my day job and I just I don't want to be in a situation where I could set myself up for embarrassment where people are like, well, stick to your day job. Yeah. So I kind of keep it low key. And then if people find an interest with it, then I I let the river flow in that way. Yeah. Uh, But I've definitely gotten more comfortable in just saying, you know what? I actually, I I think I made a pretty dope song that I think you'll enjoy. No, that song's dope. I appreciate it. Believe me, I had that sort of vibe because people send me stuff and I hear stuff and I was just so curious. God, is this going to be cool? Is this going to be kind of weird and goofy? And it's totally freaking cool. Appreciate the production's it, great. Thank it's you. got a vibe. It's got a perspective. You have a cool voice. Thank you. Did you record that out here? No, no. Actually, okay. So actually, uh, I recorded that while I was traveling in Thailand. Oh wow! Um, I just brought um, my my Rode NT1 mic with me. Sure. My my preamp. Just I was really inspired and the producer that I, I work with, he knows I love really chill Asian sounds, like an alchemist or uh, you know, Asian vibe. Anywho, I get this this beat and I'm like, man, like I'm I'm just chilling out in Chiang Mai right now. Yeah. I'm taking like a time out in Thailand. Let me write some stuff down to this. And uh yeah, I just ended up recording it and then finished when I got back out to LA. Wow. Well, it's sort of this conflict that I think a lot of artists sort of deal with. You know, I certainly am not doing my podcast and writing a book and DJing just for myself. I mean, I enjoy, I want people to see what I'm doing, hear what I'm doing, read what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. And I get, believe me, it's taken, I still get insecure all the time about my creative projects. Mm -hmm. But I'm not satisfied. Ultimately, I'm not doing it just to play guitar in my studio at home. Yeah, exactly. So what sort of, what are you going to do to sort of, or are you doing it? And it's just going to get easier and easier the more that you just say, hey, I've got these songs coming out. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, is it something you're just getting more comfortable letting go of? I think what it ultimately is and has been is an evolution an evolution and an ongoing evolution when it started out with just teaching yoga i actually was very stage right hmm. um in high school i did some theater but i don't know for some reason years later i just got really nervous i first moved out to la i was trying some acting and i just got shot down audition after audition after audition and it really shot my confidence to a point where i got scared to just even present myself in front of people and to make a long story short yoga teaching yoga gave me confidence not just doing it but doing it led to teaching teaching it led for me to say you know what i do love hip-hop i've always had this voice i've been writing kind of behind the scenes for years i really want to put myself out there in the spotlight so ended up doing that again the insecurity came back to like i'm doing this in the studio but then when people are saying like dude i actually really like your stuff and what it meant to me was I got a random message one day off Facebook and someone just told me that one of my songs had just like changed their day. They're just like, dude, that really changed my day. And all my homies were telling me, they're just like, dude, what you need to be doing is you need to be alive. You need to be out there. People need to see you. 
And again, I was so, so nervous, but I'm like, you know what? I kind of have this yoga confidence now. Let me give it a try. And did my first show like maybe a couple of years ago in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And it was only about like 15 people in the audience. Yeah. But I, I played my heart out and people were just, oh, okay, cool. But fast track a little bit later, I got to the Whiskey Go-Go and it just a packed house and like people are just screaming and they're all feeling the vibe. And I'm like, man, like, like one girl is telling me that one of my songs was comparable to Tupac's changes. And I'm just like, yeah. what? Like, I'm feeling this euphoria that I've never felt before. And I think one of the biggest things for me was that human connection, just really interacting with people yeah. and seeing that, yeah, like I, I do have this voice and I don't want to just keep it to myself. I want to I wanna share it with other people. Well, it's funny, kind of to put this in a full circle a little bit, but uh, full disclosure, I started teaching yoga a few years ago, uh, you know, for about a year and a half. Actually, it's been four years now. But then I was having a hard time finding my voice. So I joined ClassPass for two reasons. Because I was going to yoga every day and I was burning out on it as a student. But then I also wanted to take different classes to see what teachers are doing. Mm -hmm. And I actually learned a lot from you. (laughs) No, because you, you. the the funny thing is for me that you're saying that you were struggling with confidence. First of all, I saw confidence. But the thing that I picked up on that I realized as a teacher that I wanted to convey to my students is to have fun and totally. there is this seriousness to yoga, which, mm-hmm. you know, I get. Yeah. It does have this long lineage and history. Mm-hmm. But, I, and I think people sort of are surprised when I'll tell a joke in class. <laughs> right. Or I'm just sort of like, relax a little bit. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And so that's something that I definitely picked up from you when I was taking Thank your you. class. And kind of in the same degree, I learned it from other teachers before me. Even when I went out to India, you know, I'm thinking uh, that's why I did my yoga training and I'm thinking I'm going to get this really serious. Like, okay. And the the guy's just making jokes right off the bat. Yeah. One of the biggest things I wanted to do as a teacher is make every student feel comfortable. And I felt like you could always do that with comedy, no matter what the situation is. If you could just break the ice with a little bit of laughter. Yeah. You know, it really. So I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're doing that, man, and I'm, I'm flattered that, you know, I could have some kind of influence. Yeah, I also think that you just have this great presence too. That it would make it easy for any student to just feel comfortable, whether you make a joke or not. Yeah. Well, I think there is sort of. I don't know if you know. I had a couple teachers on this last week where there is a bit more structure. They may not necessarily be teaching to thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred people. But if you are in those situations, like Halvin, yeah, people totally. at Playlist, where you are teaching in front of 40, 50, 80 people, there is a sort of performance being comfortable on stage in front of 100 people. Most I mean, deaf. Vinnie Marino has this that quality. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you have that quality, and I think it's important to embrace, and yeah. you don't have to be serious all the time. No, totally. And I have a, I have a complete admiration for these guys who are teaching in front of you know that many people, because... Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, at the end of the day, we are performers and we're also healers. 
because we're taking on people's energy and we're also trying to shift energies that are out there, just like musicians, just like actors, you know, public speakers, anybody. You're just trying to create a vibe. One person, definitely, it could be just as much energy. Like when you have that one diehard fan out in the audience, it's like it means the world to you. But in the same degree, you would still teach that to, for that diehard fan that you would for 100 people. You definitely have to be on for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I actually think, and I want to ask about yoga, but sometimes I actually, because I taught this past week where there was two people in the room, mm-hmm. and then I taught where there was 18 people in the room, nice. and, the, and the room holds like maybe 20 or 25, so okay. yeah, it was yeah, pretty yeah. full. Yeah, totally. But I actually feel like that class where there's two people, and one was really experienced, mm-hmm. and one was a beginner. Oh, man. That is... Totally. It's almost like I'm teaching two classes in Most one. Deaf. So I, I, in a way, I think... Not that what Vinny and Calvin and these people to do in front of 100 people is, mm-hmm. isn't easy. It's clearly challenging. But I, I, find, I find it more challenging when there's just like one or two people in the room. Oh, absolutely. Because in, in some degree, you have to definitely be more focused. You know, in the same way that they feel like, okay, I can't just hide right now. <laughs> right. You can't either. That's in, again, no disrespect, but... I would feel like that as a teacher teaching to 100. I do feel like that as a teacher. When I have you know, 30, 40 people in my class, I just kind of get lost in the sea of people. I get more lost yes. in the sea of smiles. Yeah. But when it's you know two people, and especially between a beginner, I, I don't know if they were expert or intermediate. Just more advanced. Yeah, but when you say vinyasa, first there's a person who's like, what? What yeah. did he say? You're, you got to do the class You're with right. them. And yes. like, yeah, totally. I get it, man. Yeah. It's yeah. an experience. Yeah. So let's backtrack. You did your training in India? Yeah. Like your first 200 hours or? First, as I am, used to be Maha Yoga. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And I did a training over there with okay. Steve Ross. Yeah, of course. And uh, Steve kept talking about India and kind of just, you know, put it out there. And even though I got this yoga certification for 100 hour, it wasn't recognized as my like, you know, 200 hour. So then I was like, well, I'll go out to India, see what it's like. Wow. Yeah. And what was it like? It was incredible. Like, I enjoyed every bit of it. I expected such seriousness, seriousness out of it, and I found such joy in life. And it was really, really eye-opening above all. Yeah. Yeah. And how long were you there for? About five weeks. Wow, so you were there for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, But it was super cool. Wow. So I've got to ask... You're from Jersey, and, you know, I read a little bit about you, but I get the sense you're really into sports. How does a guy from Jersey really into sports and athletics get into yoga? And obviously, look, I realize it's 2019 now, (laughs) and sort of those stigmas around yoga aren't like they used to be. Absolutely. But there's still sort of, I still even get it from some people where, why is a guy teaching yoga or yeah, practicing yeah, yoga? Totally. So that's which is insane to me that people even still go there. But how did you get into yoga? Well, first of all, in Jersey, I always said to myself, I'm gonna end up on the West Coast. Just one day, like I was seven years old, ten years old, fifteen years old, I'm gonna be in California one day. And finally, you know, by the grace of like putting it out there in the universe, I got out here. So. Very blessed for that. But... Well, wait, how old were you? I was... Gosh, it took me till I was 24 to get out here. Yeah, because I I actually went to high school in Florida. 
you know, by my parents' choice, not mine. Right. Uh, I chose to go out to Loyola University in Chicago. Okay. After I graduated, yeah, 23, I stayed for a little bit and then moved out here by 24. So what was the, like, sort of that tipping point where you hop in your car or hop on a plane and, I mean, did you have a plan or? No, no, I've. Like I said, I always wanted to go out to California, and I don't, I don't really know when exactly opportunity knocked where I wasn't scared to open the door. But I think back in Chicago, I always had this dream. It wasn't really happening the way I wanted it to because Chicago was a big city, especially for hip-hop music too. But I was kind of more behind the scenes with everything. I was more just like writing raps for everybody else, but nobody would really put me on and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, So music was already, I guess before we even get into yoga, so music yeah. was already a thing. Totally, totally. And I'm sorry about the, the tangent with that, too. No, but that's good. So, but even, let's then backtrack even more before we get back to like moving to LA, because we obviously weren't really doing yoga before LA. Yeah. So, what was your childhood like in the sense of like music? What, what music was inspiring you? What were you listening to? And, and were you, you know, scratching were you DJing what was going what was going on <laughs> music was always prominent in my life always my parents would always say I was singing just like making noise in some kind of degree since I was a, a baby yeah I really started connecting probably about age seven and it was with all different types of music whatever was on the radio gosh whatever was big really in 1994 that I could probably tell you you know well, snoop was big yeah 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 just P-A-G. between yeah, yeah, totally. Like between everything, hip hop. My parents were also very um, culturally diverse. My mom was Puerto Rican, so she listened to a lot of bachata and salsa. Okay, uh, kind of just the you know the whole Latin vibe. My dad, he had this whole classic rock, uh, being the Beatles, uh, yeah. jazz, and then just the neighborhood, like in Jersey, was like hip hop. Like everyone was listening to hip hop. <laughs> right. So. Like, I was vibing to everything, and Nas was probably one of my biggest uh, speakers. Just anything and everything he said, I could feel like, wow, like, I just, I like, I like his flow. I like the way he's saying it. And yeah. even, like, at that age, I didn't understand what he's talking I'm Afrocentricity. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But when I got older and I would revisit, I'm just like, man, like, he's so educated. He's so smart. I just always wanted to be a musician like that. And when it came to other guys like, you know, Snoop, Snoop was the guy who had fun. I want to be like that. Eminem was just, I had a bad day. I need to go home and I just need to, I need to put this on. Yeah. So I always had a connection with that. And that's one of the things that led me out to Chicago was because Kanye West, who was huge at the time, I just like, I want to deal with Kanye. Yeah. So I'm thinking I could get some inspiration out there in the city, but like I said, things weren't really happening for me, so that's when I made the decision to come out to L.A. Okay. I'm going to try it for there. So the intention to come out here, though, was it still sort of, like, music-related? Like, oh, things, absolutely. Okay, so things aren't really working in Chicago. Yeah. Let's try the scene in L.A. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going out to L.A., and I started a little bellman, like, as a bellman at a hotel, and somebody told me about central casting, where they're like, sure. oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, hey, you know, if you, like, 
it's cool. You can basically get background jobs. Like, you know, I was like, oh, let me try this acting thing. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not that bad looking. <laughs> I could try some. But like I said, that's when the confidence was kind of like, psh, psh, psh. and I was still working on music, just writing. I was always like writing lyrics and coming up with like different kind of melodies in my head, but didn't, didn't have the, uh, in all honesty, I guess the strength to really push myself and really, really make something happen. So it stressed me out beyond belief. Yeah. And I had this music in my head that I just couldn't get out. And I didn't know how to. And my confidence was just shot to the floor. Um, at the same time, I was a big runner. Ran like uh, two marathons by that time. And I met this woman while being a bellman at the hotel. And she's like, you just seem so stressed. Like, and men, they carry a lot of stress in yeah. their hips and X, Y, Z. You're like a runner. And I could tell, you know, and we started talking. She's like, I want you to try yoga. And the same stigma you were just talking about is exactly went through my head. This is in 2013. So I'm just like, me doing yoga? Please, like, come on. Like, I'm not going to be stretching. Yeah. Long story short, as I walk out of that place, I went to a core power class. Okay. C3 first time. Oh, I walked. Geez. I walked out three times. I'm like, I don't know how people do this. I don't know how people do this. But there was something about it. And slowly but surely, I fell in love with it. Huh. Do you so. still talk to that woman? That- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, she kind of like, we joke about it. But she's just like, just remember who, who started you all in this. Yeah. So. Yeah, shout out to Marla. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Thank you, man. You know, what then gets you to the place where, you know, you're going to Core Power and then all of a sudden you're doing the teacher training at at Maha? What happened with Core Power was I got a little too into the aesthetics of yoga. I got into too much. I saw a lot of, like, you know, I was taking these top-notch classes and at the same time doing the level ones. But in a nutshell, I ended up getting injured because I was just trying to do like... The upside down stuff? Upside down stuff, like, you know, get as low as I can with my knee passing my toes and just not even knowing really the anatomy behind Hmm. everything. And it's not that my teachers never instructed, but again, kind of going back to those, you know, popular teachers where it's 100 plus, those were the classes that I enjoy being a part of because I was, you know young and i'm like yo well the energy's yeah, sort totally. of intoxicating most definitely and it's not that it was and it's weird it's not that i don't blame the teacher i don't blame you but i do think when you're in a room with 50 100 people and a lot of times like i'm not going to say her name but there are some teachers where i remember being in a room of like 80 people and the teacher would just sort of like casually say something like jump or fly to the front of the mat <laughs> and people are like literally flipping upside down and will flip over actually fall over and i saw somebody and to me i'm thinking like come on so i can see why somebody would get injured (laughs) ultimately that's what happened you flew right over just like flew to the mirror bro like try to like do one of them fancy jumps and like handstand it all out and just no it did not work so you actually like got hurt yeah so and like that plus like an injury to to my knee and yeah so kind of between that working for me and then also at the same time uh i was looking for a job a second job and i stumbled upon unplugged meditation yeah sure and this was actually months before i got injured i met this woman susie and uh she was the manager and she's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. but i never got the job at unplugged so yeah it's cool so 
fast forward, I get injured, core power. I'm like, F <laughs> yoga. I don't want to be a part of this no more. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. So couple of months go by and then all of a sudden Susie emails me. She's like, hey, remember you applied for Unplug, but you didn't get the job and blah, blah, blah. Well, I just thought you had really cool people school skills and I teach at the, I'm, I'm sorry, I manage at the yoga studio, Maha. Uh-huh. We need a front desk person. Would you be interested in X dollars amount of hour uh, plus free yoga? Yeah. And I'm like, yoga, I don't know, <laughs> F yoga. So, but I was like, oh, Susie was super cool. Like, you know what? The least I could do was meet her. So I go in and uh, the teacher, Deanne, uh, at the time is playing. All I'm hearing is uh, just some Erica Badu. And I'm vibing like a mo in there. I'm like, yeah. what? And I just love like, the chillness of it. So I'm like, I think I could give this another chance. So ended up getting the job in Maha. Ended up taking classes with Deanne. She was so hands-on, like so you know, anatomically you know, about it. And even though I never ended up like that as a teacher, I always respected her for it. And, uh, you know, she kind of made me feel just a little bit more safer in a yoga class. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I like yoga again. (laughs) You're back to yoga. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had um, Meredith on last Mm -hmm. and she's very, and maybe because I'm a musician, you're a musician, but she really believes that music is really merely another distraction. And I couldn't really disagree with her. Yeah. But, and I guess it works in both cases, because for me, for music, it really does help me elevate my experiences. I feel as mm-hmm. though I can get into the experience more. Mm-hmm. So obviously that you probably feel the same way. I I absolutely agree. In the same sense, I actually prefer to do yoga without music. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, but here, you, but you teach your yeah. classes with music. <laughs> um, crazy as it is. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that I won't take like I actually just took uh, Matt Reyes uh, class up at Yoga Hop. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I was vibing with the music. I I love doing, uh, but I love it more when it's just me and the breathing when i do yoga it's the time for me to just appreciate silence and Mm. that's when i take the most advantage of it. i won't do like a 90 minute session where i'm just "Eh." but if i could just take 30 minutes to myself where i'm like okay cool then then i'm there do you feel like more teachers should be teaching classes without music or do you feel like do you feel like or because there's that market for the hip hop vinyasa classes, or they—that's sort of what's LA yeah. popular now. Totally. Or have you ever thought about trying teaching a class where there's no music? Or oh my god, if like any studio offered me to teach a class with no music, oh, I'd so you'd be, be all in. Oh, I'd be all in. Okay. At the same time, I, I I do love teaching to music because music brings a different. Kind of, again, like the silence, that's what people fear. People who don't do yoga, they fear that. And I don't want to discourage anybody from coming to the table and feasting. So me, again, when I was hearing like like Erica Badu and The Roots, like Lauren Hill, I was like, I think I could like yoga again. Because it wasn't that like really, really high energy. It was just more chill. And I was like, man, this is stuff I grew up with. So if I could bring that same thing, like, oh, you know. Like, 
I played the Backstreet Boys in the class the other day, and some girl was just like, I wanted to cry because I don't like yoga, but that just took me back. And yeah. I'm like, you know, music does that for us, and it brings someone who would not normally do yoga to it. So it's it's really on us to figure out what feeds our soul. And if you're, you've been doing, you know, music for 60 plus years, don't let it, you know, not feed your soul. If you think that's what's going to help bring people to the t- uh, table, don't you know, don't teach without music. Yeah. But as a distraction, I don't know if I could really say it's a distraction. But yeah, it is. Because again, you're trying to bring people who don't want to think about touching their toes, who are like, man, this is super painful, but at least I could do it to say ASAP Rocky, right? Right. Um, that's what we're trying to do here in this community is that we're we're trying to bring people who don't normally see themselves doing yoga to just bring a healthier, like a healthier lifestyle to themselves. Yeah. And then if they want to go to India to practice and then say like, man, I really like the silence stuff, then cool. I don't know what I'm looking for and I may never find it. Find myself in the funk. What's the point of all this grind? Cause if nothing lasts forever In the world ain't getting better How am I gonna make a difference? Dope rhymes, good vibes, and an oversize of kindness Now I'll put the time in for positive thoughts Show the world I'm made of love and that can never be bought I was down, I was out, but I knew that if I stay strong I could be the pot of gold to chase when the rain's gone So don't you dare give up, you could do the same fam All you need is belief in a super dope game plan It's not about the fame, man, it's about the life you change And impression that you leave on the world when the day's gone So many questions, answers I don't know Don't gotta know, cause I'm exploring Hold my hand Keep my fears low Wait until you hear my story So many questions Answers I don't know Don't matter though Cause I'm exploring Hold my head high Keep my fears low Wait until you hear my story This is why I do yoga What does it mean to be living in the moment? I wanna be wise as Yoda Yeah, right now, nah, man, I'm never gonna know it Too many questions makes me anxious I wish they start with what makes you happy Yeah, that'd be preferred instead of what you do for work Cause my problems, I make problems, and my noggin' for a dollar But Betty Z said to me when I ain't have a dollar Gave a home when I was homeless, I'ma always love your daughter My family in Detroit, yeah, swear to God Alex will be popping bottles every flight First class of Paris, my clients off Montana app Thank you for trusting me, giving me a job when Everybody else was judging me I got so much love in me It's thanks to y'all Showing me how to get up Anytime that I fall You should do So many questions Answers I don't know Don't matter though Cause I'm exploring Hold my head high Keep my fears low Wait until you hear my story So many questions Answers I don't know Don't matter though Cause I'm exploring Hold my head high Keep my fears low Wait until you hear my story Cause I don't understand this path or this math How is it that I take 10 steps forward And every time it feels like I'm taking 20 back I don't know But no matter what tomorrow brings I'm never gonna surrender Born to survive I know it's gonna get better Either way we're in this together Ain't nobody gonna be holding us back So many questions, answers I don't know No, for real on that though, man If you got questions, I need to see a hand up in the hand I need to keep asking for questions I wish you were here, 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 I w
So the show, it's like two parts, you know, getting to hear people's stories and where they're coming from, but really the overhanging fruit and the overall sort of motivation behind the show is the insanity of social media (laughs) and Instagram. Yeah. I do firmly 100% believe that Instagram is changing the makeup of people's brains and our attention and what we pay attention to. And there's no solitude and silence and people aren't thinking for themselves anymore. With all that being said, if you're a creator If you own your own business, have a podcast, you have to share and use it. Yeah. So what I've just what what's your take? Where are you at with it? I, I mean I agree it's a necessary evil. I think that we all as individuals have to be conscious about, you know, how we're using social media, but at the same time it's so hard to it's it's addictive for a reason and there's you know there's parts like instagram facebook where it attracts us in ways that we don't know how to get off we almost look to it for guidance that's why we as business owners why we as musicians need to have it because if somebody's like Okay, I'm I'm trying to see what's what's happening this you know this weekend in L.A. They'll hashtag live shows in L.A. Eddie's DJ show comes up. Oh, okay, cool. So in that way, it's so good because it could help us be found, and I think that's super important to us because as a musician, especially I mean one of the problems too, I guess, is that we could also be lost in the sea. Social media has given people a voice. And that's a beautiful thing. But how authentic are we with our voices? How how real are we being for ourselves versus what we want people to see? As far as I go, I used to be what I call an Instagram yogi. I used to post pictures of myself doing handstands in okay. the middle of subways and you know all this. Why crazy. did you feel? Why did you do that? Because you saw everybody else doing Man, it, or it literally was because everybody else was doing it. Yeah, and I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I jumped on that train, but <laughs> well, why are you sorry? I mean, because I think it was because I. I'm mostly sorry to myself because I knew I didn't like doing it. When I first heard about Instagram, I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, okay, you just post pictures, yeah. and it is what it is. It's an Instagram, like, is yeah. the pictures right then and there. Yeah. Uh, but then it started getting more filtered and then more Photoshopped and everything like that. I was getting into yoga. I was a new teacher, and I was like, oh, well, you know, hey, like, everyone else is doing it. Like, this could help build my classes. So yeah. I jumped on it, started doing a bunch of it, and... I don't know if you've ever seen the show Black Mirror. Sure. Uh, that one episode where it's social media um, focused. Well, there's a, f- I, they, there's a few, but I haven't seen all of them. But I saw the one where the guy is the owner of sort of the fake Facebook company and he gets kidnapped. Or are you thinking? Oh, uh, okay. So there's another one okay. that I want you to check out. And it's called Nosedive. And okay. uh, the listeners will probably know, but I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But it's based on likes and ratings. People get rated on a certain scale in real life. So you and I have an interaction. But like I say, 
okay, Eddie, it's been great, blah, blah, and I get out of here, I could rate you five stars, right? And you'll be like, okay, cool. But Mikey was actually a pretty crappy guest. Three yeah. stars. And then I'll have a three-star rating, and people will judge me on that now, too. And would you know? And yeah, because it's everyone can see. So this oh is the episode God. that you see. And I, I kind of I saw it, and it, it sat with me, and I was just like, man. And I had felt so... The the thing was that I always appreciate about myself is I never try to be too far off of who I was, but I also didn't enjoy. I'll, I'll never forget that I was in San Francisco uh, with my little brother, and we did not get to see each other often because he lives now in Kansas City, but at the time Florida. He was visiting Oakland. I went up to San Fran. I'm like, yo, let's meet up, and we literally stopped for about two hours so I could get the perfect like yoga pose. And he just stopped for a second. He's like, bro, I never get to see you. And you're doing this for what? So a mixture between that, wow, the Black Mirror episode, and yeah, just everything. I said, I don't like this. So I ended up wiping all my pictures from Instagram. I ended up wiping like all the ones that just weren't. They were all the ones that I knew what I did to take them at the time. I knew who I like probably pissed off in the time. Like the lady who was trying to shop for her groceries and I'm in the middle of an aisle doing a handstand. Uh, the person who was trying to get onto the train, but I'm doing a, like a split. Like, And I just, I didn't like that person. That's not who I wanted to be. And when I revamped my social media, I said, okay, I'm just going to be real on it. I'm, I'm going to put out my music. I'm going to put out my messages. I still get hit up to do photo shoots, which I'm really grateful for um, because even though they're not like, you know, lucrative income things, there's still stuff that I post on my Instagram where I'm like, okay, you know what? This is stuff that we actually set up for. We, we took the time for it. And, you know, there was a good outcome. I didn't have to piss anybody off to get these photos done. Right. So I feel better about putting them up in that way. Well, and you were also getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could see why, like, to me, that's different than you're out to dinner, and instead of talking with your date or your <laughs> friends, people are, like, trying to take the best picture of the f dessert yeah. they're eating, which is taking away from the quality of the experience. Most definitely. So I can see why that type of action would be more frustrating than... You know, if if a company's paying you a thousand or five or whatever to to be yeah. a part of their shoot, I, I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and like anything that was ever kind of like well, you know, I do. I have a celebrity client who's hooked me up with uh, different yoga like photo shoots for uh, Glamour and some other big magazines. That stuff, like I'll put out there because I'm like proud of it. And what I almost urge everybody to do is not only your instagram but things like that big things that you are doing make a real scrapbook for it you know not not for nobody else but for yourself and ask yourself if it wouldn't go in the scrapbook should it go on the instagram at the end of the day people do look to instagram for inspiration but i think a lot of us find depression with it because we see people doing things that we want to be doing and we don't think we're doing enough or we're like this isn't you know big or whatever but you don't know homegirl took 
all those photos in one day and just change the outfit like 10 times and that's not really how she's living. If we could just be a little bit more presentable in our stuff, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not getting these photo shoots often, but you know, this is what happened. I'm not getting like these show or these shows are coming or even if they are coming in abundance and let's say you are counting those blessings. How are you really presenting it to people? Like, are you showing your gratitude towards them or are you showing it in their face? Hmm. Because... Me, what I've kind of learned to do is only follow people that I, I, you know, who are really posting like positive stuff. Like you, when you post up your podcast and stuff like that, you know, even like the pictures of the cast and stuff like that. I'm like, man, like, see, it's like good stuff. It's like feel good stuff. And that's what we need more of the internet on. Not someone who's really teaching us how to be happy. And it's like, okay, well, they live in California, they've got a perfect body. They're not, you know, they're a yoga teacher who's like, you know, a celebrity with 50,000 followers. But what am I? Like, I'm sitting on the sofa and I relate more to the person who's trying to, you know, motivate themselves. I think that's really hard for us to do with social media is that we can look to it for a little bit. But at the end of the day, it hurts us more. Think about, um, and I'll bring it up to you again. I don't know if you've seen the show. Uh, I'm saying again because I brought it up to my last guest. But have you seen the show Euphoria on HBO? No, no I haven't. Well, it's focusing on these high school students. And I think it captures the essence of cell phones and texting really well. Mm-hmm. Because it feels as though people are managing two lives. And the, the harsh mm-hmm. reality is, is that, you know, let's say you and I get into a, a conflict. Okay. You know, we could resolve it face to face and talk. Absolutely. And figure it out. But if somebody on the other side of the world that posts something mm-hmm. that causes conflict in me, and maybe yeah. it wasn't even their intention, or maybe it was. But in mm-hmm. high school, a lot of kids are posting things to get back at people and create conflict. Yeah. And the conversation that, to me, often find, can create that middle ground mm-hmm. is completely lost with oh, yeah. Instagram. There, there's no possible way that yeah. people can find commonality through DMs and mm-hmm. texting as opposed to having a face-to-face discussion about, yeah. oh, how did I piss you off? And I'm I'm sorry. And, you know, have mm-hmm. real... So I think about that. But I also think about just like free time. Mm-hmm. And instead of sitting with your family, your girlfriend, your kids, or reading or doing nothing, yeah. people's free time is now spent staring at the phone. Yeah. And... Were you falling down that trap? And as a yoga mm-hmm. teacher, do you take sort of more of a responsibility to try and remind people to be more present with their own thoughts? I mean, what you know, do you... So it's a two-part question, but first of all, were you down that rabbit hole of Instagram at any point? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Man, it's so easy to get lost down there. You just start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Like I said, I don't want to blame you know, big company, but at the same time, there's obviously things, there's algorithms that are coming up that make us addicted. So it's easy to fall into that. And for me, 
it was I would see one hip hop thing after another, then this yoga thing. So, as part of my you know deletion and revamping process, that was one of my things. Is I'm not going to post every day because if I'm telling you to work on your posture, why do I want you looking down at your phone half the day to see the sh- you know the, whatever I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, to me it's almost hypocritical when I see uh, you know yoga teachers posting every five minutes or every like you know half an hour just something like about yoga or like watch this because again watching screens is a disconnection for us too from person to person interaction. The difference between really a face-to-face conversation and all that is that you can actually feel the energy in the room. I'm not saying that someone doesn't send a text message. You might not feel the tension, right? But when you're in the room, you can feel someone's energy. Oh, yeah. You can tell when, like, you know, their facial expressions. You can, like, look them. When you say it, when, like, let's say, again, we're back to this conflict, you and I, like... Um, you know, you ate the last slice of pizza that <laughs> I, I want or whatever, you know, instead of DMing you and then waiting for you, it, it's a yes. scene and giving you time to react for that kind of like, Oh, you know, I can have like, dude, did you eat the last slice of pizza? Not only can I tell if you're probably lying there, but we can f- kind of dish, dish it out right there. A hundred percent authentically. I think what happens with social media is so much can be misinterpreted. Oh, yeah. And it's also a public forum. Mm -hmm. So people are, I don't think they're truly themselves. Oh, no. 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 So, but then back to, you know, but then people are paying more attention to people where they actually aren't themselves. So then they're they're reacting to almost like a fake persona. (laughs) So, oh, we call them online gangsters. Again, I never tried to peel too far away, but the biggest thing for me, was, like you said, was that Instagram was taken away from my personal time with loved ones and from not even so much because I'd be on the rabbit hole, but I would need to be seen down the rabbit hole. You know what I mean? I need to take that really good photo that everybody has to look at. And that wasted so much time with my family and my friends that I'll just never be able to get back. So I've realized, you know, time is important. I want to share that with people so that, you know, I only post every like maybe two, three, maybe even every five days every week. I maybe only go on once a week to like everybody's photos, everyone that oh, I'm following. Wow. So you're actually able to stay off. Um, yeah, yeah. I for almost to... the whole four, five, six days. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, what, I, what I've also told myself is between, you know, Instagram and my career, how is it really helping my career versus being on SoundCloud? Instagram, as much as I feel like... It's a way to connect. I feel like it's it's one of the most narcissistic social media tools out there. And really only people care about is like what's going on with them. Whereas there's all these different platforms where you have different communities that are trying to build communities. Things like SoundCloud. Things like Reverb Nation. Yeah. There's um, uh, BeatStars now, which is like a new platform for hip-hop artists and producers and that's just connecting us on a whole different level where we don't feel like we're competing with each other on Instagram no more. You know, everything you get would be a spam bot that's like collaboration, bro. But you'd be like, okay, but you're not hitting me back yeah, up or anything. Yeah. I've always tried to t- talk as I talk in person, as I talk on Instagram. 
I've always tried to present myself in person as I would present myself on Instagram. Like I would never do a filter. Like I'll straight up say I never did no filter ever make my abs pop out. Yeah. I never ever said anything that like I just didn't agree. Like I'm not one of these yoga teachers that's like find self-love and all. It's like I don't know how the hell to find self-love. Like I'm still teaching people to do that. And you see me in my classes where I always try to break down that wall. But like these online gangsters where they have two different personas it's just it's a comfort zone and at the end of the day it's only self-damaging because they know that's not their real selves it's it's hard when you are trying to carry two personalities and i think you have to think about what that's going to do to your mental capacity in the long run yeah you know um so i guess i was going to ask you what's something that you try to provide or bring to each of your classes yeah laughter is the first and you know biggest thing laughter and love Oh, hmm. even if even if people are coming in with the stank face or you know just kind of feel moody i try to let them know whether it's online whether it's in class just hey this is a place where i'm the last person who's really going to judge you like trust me i'm the last person who's going to judge you um and i want you to feel not only welcomed here but also confident enough to walk into any other yoga teacher's class yeah man so, so you're teaching still a playlist Still a playlist, and are you teach? And you're teaching spin also. Yeah, and that's the Santa Monica. Would it flywheel? No, no, flywheel actually closed down. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one has been around for since 1996. It's called Rev- Revolution Fitness. Okay, but I teach there um, six a.m. on Monday and Thursday, and then Saturday at eight a.m. And then I also do a hybrid class um, in Marina Del Rey. There's a place called Beyond Bikram. Okay. But that's half spin and half yoga. Yeah, there's a place called The Wall that opened up recently. It's oh, okay. half spin, half like hit class or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, like they'll do different classes okay. like that. So, yeah, we'll do the yoga afterwards after like 30 minutes of just nonstop sprinting or something like that. Do you have a record that's coming out soon? Yeah, well, I have a mixtape that's coming out. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea was actually to release it this weekend. Um, but my cousin, who is uh, kind of... I want to say my uh, my my manager in a way he disagreed with some of the things on the uh, on the album that we were trying to put out or the mixtape whatever you want to call it. So we're going back editing that and then by next Monday. Yeah. So it's gonna like hit Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this platforms. So this might be released after that. So that will be already out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Totally. And what's what's the record called or the mixtape? Um, called? It's called Yogi. Okay. Yeah. So. But the acronym, um, Y-O-G-I, so you'll see the periods there. And you've really sort of made a this cool little market where it's hip-hop and yoga. <laughs> like, you're that teacher artist. Yeah. Like, nobody else is really doing that. No, I mean, like, I've seen, I've seen a couple of people out there, um, you know, teaching to the hip-hop. But for me, I grew up with the culture. And it's super important for me to honor the culture. I what I what I really try to do is I try to create a community, and within that, I've been very fortunate to just meet people who have been able to create logos for me, and you know, do kind of like fair trade uh, clothes. So yeah, I've kind of built this whole brand cool. um, just based on hip hop and yoga. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank well. You. Mikey Bud. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for taking the time. 
Eddie, my pleasure, man. You have a show coming up anytime soon? Uh, the next show is going to be October 26th, and that's in Pasadena. Down in Pasadena. Yeah, that's going to... October 26th. Yeah, with Sir mix a so... That'll be a cool show. Yeah, I'll be opening up for that, so... Awesome, man. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to yeah. talk. Appreciate you having me here, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah.